coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, your Mario memories. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as I am always joined, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. Mark, how's it going? It's going great. I am really excited to be uh, in the position we are right now, the end of Mario month, ready to share Mario memories as a group, as a team. That's right. Like a team of uh, hosts and of uh, listeners. This is, this is a, a team operation here. We're all working together to put this show together. I'm very happy with it. Um, let's quickly get through our business up top here. Sonic Forces borrowing program d- sort of exists still. Look, we have ideas. It's going to come back in a big way. I think it's fair to say we have a plan that we are mm-hmm. excited to be announcing next week, but we will not be announcing it today. No, we shall not. But get on that list, Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com, gmail.com. And give us a mailing address where we can send something to you uh, once the program is back in force. Um, Mark, we got a five-star review on Apple Podcasts from uh, Senior Twist. Uh, thank you. Or possibly Senior Twist. Um, senior. It, was, it is Senior Twist. It's Senior. Okay, great. Uh, thank you, Senior Twist. Uh, uh, we love seeing it. Anyone can review us. It's a quick and easy thing to do, and we appreciate it when you do. Um, also, uh, speaking of things that uh, may be coming less easy and less quick but are still important, uh, please vote for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Uh, the election is next Next week it's on tuesday um do whatever you can uh figure out how you got to do it it's very important i don't want to waste any time in this episode but i really want to nail down that we have got to uh really show up in droves and vote for joe biden there are a bunch of other things on your ballot that are important uh make sure you research them make sure you know what you're voting for make sure you know how you're voting when you're voting everyone that did vote already good job talk to the other people in your life who might not have done so already um figure it out it's important um mark are you ready to get into the topic of the show yeah let's do it We are, of course, sharing our Mario memories, but more importantly, we are sharing your Mario memories. We asked people for the last, what, two months? Mark, we gave ourselves a lot of lead time. <laughs> we did give ourselves. We gave ourselves. Again, it's a team effort, though. You got to get everybody yeah, involved. Um, so we've been asking you to send in your Mario memories. You guys did. And before we uh, start diving into some of those, um, and we've got some great, there are some awesome stories in here. I'm, I'm very excited to share them with everyone. Um, I just wanted to, uh, like check in with you and see how you're feeling about like this month where we have made ourselves celebrate Mario, um, and like really immerse ourselves in what it is to be like Mario fans talking about Nintendo every week. Yeah. I mean, I, it's been a lot of fun. I like when we do these themed months. Um, but this one especially has been great. It like Mario means so much to me. Like Mario mm-hmm. to me is uh, just so many memories of like family and being able to spend time with people that I don't get to see very often anymore. And uh, yeah, just like being able to do this with you and with all of our listeners has been a real treat. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I feel very much the same. It, it's it's been nice also 
you know, that this uh, obviously coincided with Mario's 35th anniversary. So that means that, you know, we got Super Mario 3D All-Stars. Um, and, you know, wh- one of the things that uh, I, I, I don't know when it happened for me, but like there was a time when I realized that I get joy just out of making Mario run and jump around um, and having the opportunity to play those games again and just make Mario run and jump around uh, feels great. It feels fun every time. Uh, and discovering a, a, a game that is new to me, New Super Mario Brothers 2, um, and like having a blast with it. Um, it you know it's 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 a topic uh, and a, like a genre of game that I feel like we know so well and feels like uh, old in a lot of ways, but um, is still like new and exciting and like that's so cool. I love that it can still be new and fun. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, so let's let's dig into. We're not probably going to present too many of our own Mario memories uh, throughout this, um, but we'll sort of interject them as they come to us as we are reading other people's memories. Um, the, the, our first memory comes from Corbin Pace. Corbin writes, Favorite Mario memory, meeting Mario. Last year in the before times, a local con had Charles Martinet as a guest, and I was able to take my son up to meet him. My son would not stop telling him about all the levels he made in Super Mario Maker and kept telling uh, and kept talking while they were tr- while we were trying to take photos. Mr. Martinet is very patient and a total champ. He signed my Switch dock. Walking away <laughs> walking a- uh, away from the table, my son jumped up to say something to me and I bent over to listen, bonking me on uh bonking me on the head and knocking me over. Uh, Denise Crosby, uh, Star Trek's Tasha Yar, was at the table right next and started laughing uncontrollably. Uh, this is a good Mario memory. I didn't expect anyone would be talking about uh, their interactions with the voice of Mario. <laughs> yeah, that's so cute um, that your son was telling him all about like the levels he had created. Charles Martinet, like, uh, just from all the stories that I've heard, is, seems like uh, such a great ambassador for Mario. Um, mm-hmm. Seems to like find so much joy in meeting people uh, meeting fans and i have to admit i'm super curious that when this animated um mario movie comes out in like one year or two is martin a going to be the voice of mario like is mario going to be doing a lot of talking i'm dying to find out yeah me too i yeah he seems like a saint and like he probably has to be (laughs) all right next up is from adam adam writes Probably the most memorable Mario experience that I can reminisce about is playing Mario Kart 64. It was Christmas in 1997, and I received a Nintendo 64 with Goldeneye, which an 8-year-old should not have gotten, and Mario Kart 64. Luckily, some of my friends also had a 64, and we spent Boxing Day playing over and over on our old TV and long into the night, not knowing about the difference between the CC classes and dreading the blue shell of doom and knocking each other deliberately off the top, off the jump in Wario Stadium, much to the loser's frustrations. My first Mario memory is playing Mario, Super Mario Land 2 on my Game Boy Pocket, which is where I learned that I was really bad at platformers. I took some time away from Nintendo throughout most of my adolescence and teen gaming time after the release of the GameCube, with my Nintendo consoles being primarily Pokemon machines, only coming back to the DS, where after many a JRPG experience, I delved into the Mario & Luigi series and loved it. The most special is the new memories I will make with my son with Mario. We now play Mario Kart 8 with some remastered tracks from my own 64 experience. Being able to play on a team together or against each other in Mario and Sonic at the Olympics, seeing the wonders in his eyes as he makes his own Mario memories just like I have is one of the best feelings. Uh, that's great. I love, and this is a, a, a theme that we'll come back to a couple times, is uh, people taking their own, like what was fun about Mario when they were kids and sharing it with um 
their their own children now who are discovering Mario in uh, the 2010s. Um, I also think it is uh, a, a little bit of a common refrain that I cut out of a lot of things of people saying, uh, I played the uh, early Mario games from NES through N64 and then sort of fell off for a couple years. A totally common experience. Um, I, there just sort of was a, uh, a, a black hole of Mario um, for a little while that like we weren't super excited about it. Uh, even if Mario Sunshine came out in that time, Mark. Yes, I see you. <laughs> uh, next up, we've got a memory from Jason. Jason writes, My favorite Mario moment is the end of New Super Mario Bros. Wii. It took my brother and I forever to get through the castle to reach Bowser. We were so excited when we beat Bowser on the bridge. Watching Peach turn around in that cage and seeing it was really the witch was a huge surprise. We absolutely lost it watching Bowser grow. The last half of the level is incredibly difficult, but one of my favorite boss fights. Honestly, it was the greatest gaming moment for me as a fourth grader. Um, Mark, where did the uh, New Super Mario Brothers Wii Bowser fight fall in our Bowser fight rankings? Oh man, remember? I, I'm trying to look it up right now, but I think it made it. Oh wait, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. I think it was pretty high because we both commented on how much we like the uh, um, the fact You're that still it incorporated. Yeah. yeah, that incorporated platforming. Um, it made it. It's like it's like it, right in the middle. Right in the middle. Great. Good memory. Okay, up next, we have Matthew Todd. Matthew writes, I don't remember how old I was exactly when I received my NES with Super Mario Brothers slash Duck Hunt. Uh, I remember going over to my dad's friend's house and saw him playing it, and I thought, I want one. I was born in 1988, so I was not very old when I played this and wasn't very good at it. The only games I had were Super Mario Brothers slash Duck Hunt and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I loved just playing the first few levels of Mario, mainly because I couldn't beat World 1-3. That music was amazing. When I got tired of dying, I would switch over to Duck Hunt. That zapper was amazing, but that dog, when it laughs at you, I just wanted to shoot it. I remember one day going to the video store near our house, Roadrunner Video, and seeing the Super Mario Brothers movie. I had to see it, but I wish I didn't. I was so disappointed after watching it because it didn't look like the game. But I made a mistake in abandoning Mario by selling my SNES in 64 to get a PS2. I bought a Switch right when Super Mario Odyssey came out. I beat that game within the first two weeks of buying it. I just love all the nostalgia that game has in it. I started collecting all of my old systems and games I used to own about three years ago. I now have every Nintendo system except the Virtual Boy with over 500 games. I really hope Nintendo does the 35th anniversary 3D collection. I just really want a remaster of my favorite game, Super Mario 64. I hope this helps with your anniversary show. Thank you for keeping everyone entertained with your podcast. I really enjoy it. Have a great day. So this one came in before the announcement of the Super Mario 3D oh, All-Stars. We really were hyping this for a long time. Yeah, a, lo a long time. So, Matthew, you got your wish. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, also, that sounds like a very impressive game collection. If you don't have the Virtual Boy, man, it's incomplete. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, harsh, Matthew. No, I'm, I'm, just... I'm impressed either way. <laughs> I'm just razzing you. Um, our next memory comes from Christian uh, Mahan. He writes... Mario wasn't part of my childhood, really. In general, video games in general weren't. We, we couldn't afford them. So Mario and video games existed mostly on the periphery. Mario existed as a game my friends had. Pokemon was a game my friends could play on the DS that I didn't have. It wasn't until recently that I was able to work hard and break the cycle of poverty in my family, and Mario Odyssey was the first game I used to delve into some more classic franchises that I missed. 
I've played the, I've played Vanilla Mario, but this is the first game that I've finished. It was something that made the broke little kid in me smile, and made uh, and made for a strange landmark in my life. It's kind of like a sign that I made it, a physical representation that I've grown into my own man, and I'm doing well as an adult. I played it with my girlfriend, soon to be fiance. Congratulations, um, uh, who I have a happy, healthy relationship with. Something else I didn't think I'd have. The whole experience was really potent and very powerful for me, so I figured I'd share. Thank you for hearing me out, uh, Christian. That's uh, that is a, a great memory, um, and I, uh, I I love it. Um, I, I know that uh, this is a, a little bit uh, different, but like realizing the role that these things have in your adult life uh is uh so like interesting and and powerful to me i'm I'm glad that you were able to share it and you know good on you for uh you know being able to uh be in a healthy relationship and uh all, all that good stuff yeah thank you for sharing that christian um okay next we have a trilogy of people whose like mario experiences were Ruined, or I guess a trilogy of people ruining Mario for other people. Yes, that's right. That's right. <laughs> so Jay Hughes wrote in saying, just a heads up, guys, this is more of a nightmare than a memory. When I was little, we had this neighbor kid named Adam who lived down the street. He invited me over one time to go play the original Super Mario Brothers on the NES. Sounds like a good time, right? Wrong. Adam's mom called him into the other room for something while it was his turn, and so he paused the game and left the room. As an adult now, I can admit that taking the controller and unpausing it and playing during his turn was not the best thing to do. I can tell you that there is nothing scarier than this kid Adam running back into his room and seeing that I died on his turn and then started yelling at me and his mom telling me that I needed to go home. You cannot imagine the, the anxiety that put on me as a seven-year-old. Thanks for all the content, guys, and I can't wait to be playing Mario Sunshine with you guys. That does sound very stressful. Um, but in a continuing theme, Daniel or uh, at Silvergrass Moon uh, writes in and says, "When I think of Mario, I think of my youth, and when I think of my youth, youth, I of course think of fighting. When I was in middle school, my best friend got a Nintendo 64, and we played Mario 64 a lot. We were encouraged, but not required, to share it with his annoying younger brother, which led to some friction. On a particularly tense day, when we were being very greedy, said younger younger brother freaked out and unplugged the console while we were playing." Looking back on it, this really wasn't a big deal, but my friend became enraged and punched his brother right in the face as hard as he could. (laughs) Of course, uh, we were nerds and we didn't know how to punch, so we just made uh, made a fist by closing his fingers around his thumb, breaking it upon impact. We learned nothing from the incident, but for a month or so, uh, I got the lion's share of turns while playing. As always, (laughs) love the show. (laughs) And one... We do not... Yeah, we do not condone uh, face punching or thumb breaking, but that's a funny memory. <laughs> and then one from Mason. My favorite Mario memory was when I was two or three. My parents had wow. a Wii, and we were playing. Uh, my parents had a Wii, and were playing New Super Mario Brothers Wii. They had been playing it for a while. They were about to do the final level when something came up, and they had to go do something. So I turned on the Wii, went to the game, and deleted their save file. They were frustrated, but laughed that a two-year-old could do that. Thanks. Love your show. Um, yep. So it's, you know, it's a long history. Everyone has ruined a Mario game for someone else. Uh, so I, I say no one feel bad about those memories. That's just what happens. 
next uh, memory comes from Jason. Jason writes, growing up, I was a kid with attitude. So I had to jump ship from the NES to Sega Genesis. And when I wasn't dodging the police, <laughs> I really did uh, I really did love Sonic and many uh, other Sega games. When it was time for the 32/64-bit era, I was a teenager with angst with angst to go with my attitude. There was no way I was going to get a Nintendo 64. That thing was for kids. Instead, I was playing classics like Clockwork Night and Bug on my <laughs> Sega Saturn. I remember going over to this one kid's house, and he had a Nintendo 64 and Super Mario 64. Of course I wanted to play it, but the whole time I had to complain about it being for kids and how my Sega Saturn was so much cooler. For some reason, I made it a, for some reason, I made it a point to keep going to this person's house to keep playing Mario 64. It was revolutionary, and I loved it. It took a long time before I could admit it. In the end, Mario 64 is one of my favorite games, and that kid that had the Nintendo 64 became my best friend. Thanks, Mario. I haven't been chased by the police sense this is something this is real right this we all go through a phase where we're like that's a baby's toy i don't want to play it it turns out it's the best baby's toy there is yeah absolutely and also i we're all super excited to be celebrating the 35th anniversary of clockwork night and uh bug <laughs> in a few years i've those are two games i've never heard of i've never I've, I've never heard of them either um but yeah that's a good one uh, here we, we have one from Lizzie. Lizzie writes in, Hey guys, I admit I was terrible as, at Mario as a kid, so I rarely played any of the games. But I remember when Super Mario World came out on the Wii. My siblings and I were so excited that all four of us could play at the same time. There was one problem, though. I was terrible at Mario still. When playing multiplayer in Super Mario Wii, players could hit A to put their player in a bubble and float over to where the other players were. This led to my brothers telling me to bubble, bubble, bubble whenever I was in a tight spot and they were ahead of me. That was a really nice memory of spending time with my siblings. Also, we have this Mario plush in our house and our cat likes to pick him up and carry him around. So here's a picture of our cat, Simon, and his pal, Mario. Uh, And then we've got a picture of a cat playing with a plush Mario. Very cute. Um, Mark, that, uh, that shouting bubble, 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 uh, that's a universal memory, right? That is right? so relatable. Absolutely. <laughs> I remember playing like, uh, one of the new Super Mario Brothers games, probably the one, the one for Wii U, um, with you and Sarah and having the yeah. same exact, and, and with, uh, my husband, the four of us, I think yes, it was like right. Thanksgiving and having the same exact experience where like, uh, yeah, constantly yelling at each other, bubble for God's sake, just bubble. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, uh, I, I've got the, uh, new Super Mario Brothers Wii while I was living in Chicago. Um, and we had some, uh, experience with, um, a guy walking down the street, sort of like muttering to himself, um, in Chicago, which is something that will, uh, happen a, a lot. Um, who, uh, like he reached the corner, like, like we, we passed him on the street. He reached the corner and just yelled double bubble. Um, and so we yelled double bubble to each other while playing uh, new super Mario brothers. We, uh, as like an anthem of like, get in that bubble. <laughs> um, our next memory comes from Blake. Blake writes, Hey, Patrick and Mark got some time to finally write in. And, uh, and all I can say is that my relationship with Mario has had its ups and downs, but it's been a very enjoyable one. Regardless, I will mention all my memories, Blake, I cut out some of your memories. All your memories is too many memories. (laughs) Thank you for writing in. My first memory was when I was about three and my dad had an NES and I played super Mario brothers Two USA as the first one was just too hard for me at an early age. Super Mario, uh, three, I first saw the game, from my next door neighbor, the map screen uh, just looks so cool. And I remember seeing a TV interview of Macaulay Culkin playing it 
and it solidified my desire and I to need it even more. That's amazing. Um, Mark, let's let's pause there for a second. I don't what I I would kill to see that uh, that interview right now. That's hopefully, awesome. Hopefully, maybe after we're done recording, I'll try to yeah. find it on YouTube, and if we can, we'll include a link in the show notes. That that perfect. Um, I also really like the the note that uh, playing Super Mario Brothers two uh, for uh, as like your first Mario game because the original was too hard. Um, you know, I feel like people give a lot of crap to the like idea that Japan gave us Mario USA because Mario two was too hard. Like. That's the right choice. The original Mario is too hard for like little. It's it can be difficult for yeah anyone totally. And the lost levels get out of here with that. It's too hard. <laughs> uh, Blake goes on. He says uh, the best memory. Uh, as I got into my thirties and more settled, I started to play video games more, subscribing to you guys and so on. Uh, I bought a Switch and a copy of Super Mario Odyssey, and I felt like a kid again as uh, as I felt true hunger to finally play. Uh, to finally want to play Super Mario game again at any chance I had. I'd be at work thinking, man, I can't wait to get home and play Mario. The same thing I would have said as a, as a kid when I was six years old. Is that a bad thing? Oh, well, I don't care. Because Super Mario Odyssey is one of the greatest Mario games ever, and I look back fondly on the excitement of playing that game. Love the show, homies. Blake, no, that's not a bad thing. That's uh, a totally normal thing. And, like... Life is hard. So having those yeah. sort of things that you can like look forward to, that's the whole point of why, or speaking for myself, but I think you too, Patrick, like, I think that's the whole reason you and I really like Nintendo and like Mario. Like, I mean, what other company's like, stated goal is to bring smiles to people's faces? Yeah, I, I mean, like Disney, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, like, I think we, we, and, you know, we're Disney fans as well, but like, I think we hold them both in like similar headspace of like, yeah, you know, the, the world is hard. Life is hard. Find the joy where you can. Yeah. Uh, next is from Brennan. Brennan writes, Hello, good sirs. I've been listening to the <laughs> podcast for years. I love the effort and time you put into the podcast, and your s- steps make this dark time a lot better. Thank you, Brennan. Um, yeah, thank you. He goes on, My Mario memory is not that cool. When Super Mario Galaxy <laughs> came out, my grandma was in town, and she said I could either get an Xbox 360 or two Wii games. I chose the Wii games. I remember going to Best Buy and realizing there was a new Mario game. I came home and spent hours on end playing the game. I remember there was this one world that was made of candy and cookies. The platforms Mm. had cutouts and moved. I struggled on it for hours. I came to it with like, I think 50 lives and I got several game overs. I have come back to the game with the release of 3D All-Stars. And with that, I came back to the dreaded world. It turns out I was just terrible and it is super easy. I beat it on the first try. I've had a ton of nostalgia going back and playing the game, and I realized how well polished it is. I hope you two have a great time with it from a fan. Uh, that's great, Brennan. Um, that uh, I can, can I share my uh, Mario Galaxy memory? Um, so it, this game came out while I was living in Chicago, shortly shortly after I had moved. Um, and you know, I I had been living in Hawaii for like half a year before that. Um, so by the time I got to Chicago, I was pretty strapped for cash, right? Like that was one of the poorer times in my life. Um, and I didn't have a, a, a job yet. Uh, and like, oh man, I, I had to get my, the gas tank in my car replaced cause someone had like drilled into it and stolen the gas in it. Whoa. Um, yeah, it was, I mean, it, it was a nightmare and you're like, you can't, you can't patch up a gas tank. Right. Um, so anyway. Uh, I I was strapped for cash, and my friends and I were at uh, Best Buy, and I saw Galaxy. It was like there; it had just come out, um, 
And, you know, this was sort of in the time before the sort of uh, ubiquity of like game previews and stuff on the internet. So like, I didn't really know this, the game didn't have a reputation yet. I hadn't really seen it in action, but I was just feeling low and beaten up and beaten down. Um, and so I dropped the 50 bucks on it and like, while doing it was like, this is a bad choice. (laughs) Like economically, this is not a good move for me. Um, but I got a job shortly thereafter and like got back on my feet. Uh, and I loved that game. It was so much fun to play with my roommates, with uh, Sarah. Um, and like, yeah, that, that game brought a lot of light into my life, um, even as it took, you know, my last like 50 bucks away from me. I, uh, I had a similar experience to Brennan, but with Super Mario Sunshine, there's like a couple of bosses in that game that I remember like struggling with so much. And then playing it this time, I was like, why? I mean, I'm having trouble with other parts of that game, but those bosses, I just like cruised through. So I was like, oh, that's like a pleasant surprise. I was kind of dreading like this part of it. Um, It's always like nice when you can go back and like conquer those like things that were really difficult. Do you think there's any part of just like your brain has the ability, like it learned it back in the day and it just like has been storing it in the back, like eating up RAM in your brain when you should be like <laughs> filling it with like math stuff. Uh, and then it's just like, it's excited to re-engage that knowledge again. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's just like been holding it for whatever reason, right? Like I can remember the finalists for the first five seasons of American Idol and how to beat these bosses. And my brain's just like waiting for the opportunity to uh engage to deploy it that information yeah. yeah well like poetry and like all that kind of stuff is just pushed out oh yeah you don't need <laughs> look you're gonna read poetry <laughs> if you're gonna uh, deal with it at all <laughs> um our next memory comes from ashley and anthony uh, ashley writes i have a couple my biggest is getting the original super mario brothers i got my nes deluxe system uh, for Christmas in 1986 and was overjoyed. It came with Wrecking Crew and Duck Hunt, which if you've ever played those two, you know they lose their shine quickly. Pause. I didn't realize there was a version of the NES that didn't come with Super Mario Brothers, but came with Wrecking Crew. Yeah, I didn't either. Maybe it was like a bundle or something. Yeah, maybe. Um, uh, those games lose their shine quickly. Uh, I saw all the hype about Super Mario Brothers and did all sorts of odd jobs for the neighbors to save up the $26 to buy the cartridge. The rest is history. I fell in love with the game immediately, and it took me months to finally beat it. My second is a newer one. I have an eight-year-old son, Anthony, and we got a Switch in December 2018. I got a copy of Super Mario Odyssey, and over the next year, he learned how to play it by watching me and learning the controls. The big memory is me coming home from work to him excitedly telling me that he beat the Brutals and got through the dark side of the moon all on his own. It was quite an accomplishment for an eight-year-old, I thought. He listens to your podcast every week, and he's the one that got me listening to you. Uh, That is sweet. I love that. And also, Anthony, uh, you should feel proud because I've never been able to beat the Brutals on the dark side of the moon. So you're better at that game than I am significantly. I think it's possible that I've not done that either. I, I beat the darker side of the moon because it's like a platformy thing and that's like my jam. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, I fought like two brutals and then I was like, there's a, there are more. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> so quite the accomplishment, Anthony. We're very proud. Uh, next up is from Janae. Janae writes, first, this isn't so much my memory as it, as it is my mom's, which was relayed to me many times as a child. My mom is an OG Nintendo gamer. She and my uncle made a hand-drawn map to defeat the original Legend of Zelda. That's awesome. 
I was you had born, to do it though. Yeah, right. <laughs> I was born a few years later, and my mom used to entertain herself while nursing me. But she be had had to be careful not to jerk the controller around too much, you know, to make Mario jump higher, or I would bite her. I like to think <laughs> that this means I've been playing Mario since birth. That tracks. I, I think that's true. I'll, uh, okay. Uh, yeah. I, I'll take time out here because say like Janae, um, I was a little bit older than you, but when we got a uh, Nintendo, I have so many fond memories of my mom. It was probably like the only time that she ever really played video games. Like as you know, like we got different systems. She didn't play as much, but I have a lot of memories of her playing the original uh, NES and the original Mario Brothers. And I absolutely remember her, like, when she wanted Mario to jump farther, like, jerking the controller, which is just, like, a very sweet mom thing that I is fun to find that it's universal. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I, I did that, too, like, the, the very first time that I was playing when the babysitter that had an NES, uh, like, actually hooked it up and, like, let me play, that I was standing, like... <laughs> four feet away from the TV with my arms fully extended, uh, like waving them back and forth as I played because I thought it was going to make a difference. Yeah, you just wanted to jump a little bit further. And yeah. uh, Janae goes on, now my Mario memory. My Mario was Mario 64. Unfortunately, I was really bad at Mario 64, but my <laughs> best friend at the time was great at it. The day we finally beat it was a marathon session one day that involved moving the console between our respective houses. We developed Amazing. a special handshake for every time we got a star. It involved a back and forth hand slap and then a very dramatic hair flip. When we beat the final Bowser, we've lost it. Still one of my very favorite gaming memories of all time. Love the show. Uh, that's, that's awesome. I love uh, this, like having to uh, like hack the experience of like bringing it over to bringing the machine back and forth between the houses. Um, it, it makes me think of the, this isn't a Mario memory, but, um, uh, one night at a, at a sleepover, leaving a game paused and like turning the TV off and thinking that we were like pulling one over on like, uh, uh my friend's mom. Cause she was like, you got to stop playing. And so like, we paused it and made it look like everything was off. We may have even put tape over the light on the, <laughs> on the power button. Now that I'm thinking about it, um, we were playing Ninja Gaiden, um, and had gotten a little bit further than we had ever gotten before. Still couldn't beat that game. Cause it's basically impossible. Well, I, I love, and it's a recurring theme in these, and one that I definitely, like, from experience share, where it's just, like, these are single-player games, but, or, like, they're, like, yeah. one person can play at a time, but it's such, like, a, like, a um, tribal experience, like, doing it with your friends, doing it with your family, like, experiencing these games together is, like, one of the things that makes it so much fun. Uh, speaking of which, uh, our next memory comes from Becca, your sister. Uh, it reads, uh, growing up Sunday was a family day, which meant no friends except siblings. Uh, growing up, I resented this rule, but now I realize how many fun memories I have as a result. One thing I enjoyed doing on those Sundays was playing Nintendo with my siblings. As the oldest child, many, uh, many times playing together equaled me playing while my siblings cheered me on. At the time, this seemed fair, and upon reflection, I still think it was. One of my favorite Nintendo memories was during a winter break from school in sixth grade, and the game du jour was Mar uh, Mario, uh, Super Mario 3. At that time, our Nintendo was hooked up to a portable VCR uh, made for long car rides and now stationed in my, in my brother Mark's room. I was close to beating Mario 3, and this feat was extra impressive because back then you could not save your progress. If you were going to beat the final Bowser, you, it had to be in one sitting. The whistle, which, by the way, everyone who's a younger gamer, think about that. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, the whistle in the first level had to be found so that you could skip ahead in the worlds, and the, se- the second whistle uh, was found to take you to level eight. It was not clear initially how to beat Bowser, but through great advice from my siblings, we realized that we had to kill Bowser. Uh, he would break through uh, the floor and fall to where I can only assume is hell for all those who kidnap princesses. And we had tried a handful of times and we're getting closer. My mom called upstairs and, sh- and she said she was uh, running to McDonald's to pick up lunch as a fun vacation treat. Uh, I ordered my favorite two plain hamburgers and french fries and pressed on. While my mom was gone, we were able to get Bowser to break the floor uh, three times and fall to his death. The princess was saved, my siblings were cheering for me like a war hero, and we feasted on hamburgers and fries for lunch. Yeah, that that. thank you, Becca, for sending that in. That is from my sister, and I absolutely remember that. Um, it is one of my fondest Mario memories as well. All of us crowded into my bedroom watching Becca play this. And then at the end, you know, you beat Bowser, you yeah. open the door, and there's the little message that's like, but, you know, uh, thanks, Mario, but the princess is in another castle. And then there's a beat, and then it goes, ha, 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 ha. But it got us. We were all, like, losing our minds. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. It was awesome. Such a fun time. And a good Bowser fight. I forget where we ranked <laughs> yeah. it. Mark, I'm, I'm going to ask you not to go check. <laughs> okay. I, you know what? I appreciate you. Um, <laughs> make, like, uh, yeah, I appreciate you not making me do that. Um, coming up next is Dustin. Dustin says, my Mario memory is either the Christmas of 80 is from the Christmas of 89. Really my first memory. If I think about it was unboxing my NES and playing Super Mario Brothers one all Christmas with my mom. The truest memory of Mario is Super Mario Brothers 3, going to visit my grandmother and her sister who had a copy hooked up to a small TV in the living room. I was always so excited to show my great aunt the secrets, the whistles, the coin ship from 1-4. She had never seen past World 1, so it was always a good time showing her the game she hadn't seen. Man, I am jealous of anyone who had a grandparent who uh, tolerated their video gaming (laughs) at all. (laughs) my uh, my yeah my grandparents would like could not engage with me on that level like in in any capacity i i also think that like uh i also have memories from super mario brothers 3 of like learning about the whistles from our babysitter um and like like that just like those secrets like blowing my mind and so that was such like a fun part of that game was like learning those secrets and then passing them on to somebody else yeah, a total like word of mouth thing. Much like this is Luigi playable in Super <laughs> Mario 35. I still don't know if he is. I've been putting in time now so I can get up to level 100. Um I'm I'm at like 63, 64 right now. So I'm going to get there. It's just going to take some time. For me, I feel like the most recent experience like in a similar sort of thing where you're sharing secrets was br- playing Breath of the Wild. It captured that same sort yeah, of totally. energy where it was like, I had no idea you could do that. I have to go try that now. Yeah, and especially because, like, you could uh, send, like, screenshots uh, so easily, like, on Twitter, where you would see people wearing stuff or exploring an area where you're like, what are they doing? Um, our next memory comes from Steven. Steven writes, uh, as a young child, Nintendo was pushing hard with the in-store marketing. Every Walmart, Target, Kmart had a Nintendo 64 waiting for some kid to walk by and get their greasy mitts all over them. Thank goodness those things don't exist anymore. COVID would have had a field day with that one. Anyway, I remember our family taking a short drive to Fargo, North Dakota, 
where the only Toys R Us I've ever been to was located. The only one? Uh, it, uh, uh, it, it had the first Mario 64 demo I'd ever seen. It was glorious. I don't think they'd figured out how to set a timer on it, so I'm 90% sure it was just the full game. Uh, it was how I fell in love with the Nintendo 64. I now collect Nintendo 64 games, and I'm hoping to collect all of the, uh, and then parenthetically, decent games. Thanks for all you do. I've been quiet and responding to the things you do, but I've been listening. Nonetheless, Stephen has written into us many times before. Um, so, uh, Stephen, no problem, man. You uh, interact with us when you want to interact with us. We're happy to uh, be here when, when you're ready to do that. Um, I loved those kiosks in uh big box stores and i have a story about uh, going to play one i think at the best buy near regency mall in racine wisconsin um that uh we were i was there with my buddy pete and some of his friends and pete is a, a couple years older than me and so also his friends are his like classmates were a couple years older than me so like you know i'm maybe two years younger and i had been sort of nursing a headache the whole day um, and I got really excited about playing the Nintendo 64, like, display thing. Um, and so we were, like, crossing the parking lot from the Toys R Us to the Best Buy. And uh, there was, like, a, a sort of, like, grassy hill and, like, a pond. Uh, and I don't know if it was because I was excited or because I had this headache or what. But I just barfed, uh, <laughs> like, in the pond, uh, you know, around all these older kids that I was trying to be cool in front of. Um, and because I was trying so hard to be cool, I just like sprung right up and was like, all right, let's go. Um, and th that is a story that uh, those other guys that were with us, I think maybe Dave and Mike, and I can't remember who else would have been there, um, but would like tell back to me like years <laughs> later. <laughs> so I'm sure I was always just the kid that barfed being excited about Mario. Uh, Steven, and I, I think you're right that they, that these demo stations were not, were like, Usually, my memory of it is they were just like an N64 with a cartridge in them and one controller yeah. like under a piece of like plastic. And yeah, you could just play as much as you wanted. My go-to was when we would go to a Blockbuster video, they had um, a like demo for the for like whatever the newest system was, but like the N64. Then I think that's, that's the only time that I've ever played the original Nights Into Dreams because they also had a demo station because we were a Nintendo family. So I never owned yeah. any other systems. So it was also the only other time that I could ever, that I ever like, in, unless I went to a friend's house who had like a Genesis or something that I'd like try out these like weird random systems that I never experienced myself. Um, that's great. I, uh, w there was also a time where there were Nintendo 64s set up at McDonald's too, right? Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. Uh, and also, like, I know it was big in, like, the Wii era that, like, you, you could play um, Wii games at, at kiosks. Uh, and I also remember there being, like, 3DSs, too. And I think a lot of that was to, like, get people to yeah. actually, like, see the glassesless 3D. Um, obviously, none of that exists now because, like, stores aren't really functioning the same way. Um, but there must, there must be, like, Switch kiosks somewhere, right? Yeah, for sure. Like, Best Buy and stuff. I think the difference is yeah. that just, like, the ubiquity of it, right? Like, sure. um, the places you can go that, like, have video games for sale are so few now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, of course, we read a story about there being kiosks at the airport where oh, you yeah. could play Switch. Yeah. <laughs> Um, up next is from Arlo. Arlo writes, Hello, Mark and Patrick. My favorite Nintendo memory is probably the day when our mom went off to Best Buy to buy our brand new Nintendo Switches. I was ecstatic for the whole school day. 
Thank goodness it was Wednesday, the only school day that just goes till two, or else I think my head would have blasted off with excitement. After school, we rushed home, only to find our mom wasn't back from Best Buy yet. No! no! Then one minute later, our mom pulled in with our Nintendo Switches, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, and Super Mario Odyssey. We dashed upstairs to open them. I gotta say, the packaging on this console is slick. For the first time ever, I snapped those Joy-Cons in place. The bell chimes when you first pick up the woodcutter's axe in Breath of the Wild and Cappy's little gibberish in Mario Odyssey. These sounds instantly found a place in my memory. Whenever I hear those noises, I think of that day. The next day, the power went out. For a whole week, we got to stay home from school, and I just played video games. I still remember that sunny morning when I curled up on the couch and finally got the paraglider. Then, with a great sense of freedom, sailed off the Great Plateau into the breath of the wild sunrise. I hope you enjoyed my Nintendo memory. I can't wait to hear the Mario memory episode at the end of the month. Keep, keep doing what you do with admiration, Arlo. Uh, thank you, Arlo. Uh, that's, uh, that's an awesome... I, you lost power for a week? That's intense. That's very intense. <laughs> um, but I guess it's good that you had uh, a, a switch to keep you company um, during that time. Uh, man, I, I, love, I love the detail of um, that school only goes until two on Wednesdays. I love that. That brings me right back to like the weird little idiosyncrasies of a, a child's schedule where you're just like, oh yeah, I don't know why, but for some, for some reason, whatever reason, this day is a little bit shorter than the rest of them. Yeah, that sounds like a really magical week. Yeah. Um, our next memory comes from Nathan, and this is a little bit of a callback to our uh, episode about Mario spinoffs. And a little um, bit Nathan- of a call out. No, and a little, yes, a callback and a call out. So, um, Nathan, you're getting your moment here. (laughs) Nathan writes, I was a little disappointed that you left Hotel Mario off your Mario spinoff ranking. Although I fear the game would have fallen victim uh, to the early acts, you served the Mario educational games due to its status as an outside developed licensed game. I must come to its defense. Why in the world would I do so? Because I love that game? Oh, God, no. Hotel Mario is indefensible. Unfortunately, my interest in Hotel Mario is that it is most likely my first Mario experience, so arguing its validity as as a Mario game helps me cope with the insecurity that arises from my history with the game. My first video game experience was probably getting yelled at by my older brother for saving over his Pokemon Crystal file. It happens to everyone. See, everyone, (laughs) it happens. Uh, But my first console experience was with the Philips CDI. My great aunt aunt owned the system, and I cut my teeth on the wacky world of miniature golf with Eugene Levy and the aforementioned Hotel (laughs) Mario. I know. Do we need to just pause on that for a second? I can't, there's a, a wacky world of miniature golf with Eugene Levy. Oh my gosh! I want to play it so bad. Um, uh, Nathan continues. It's a miracle I continued to play games afterwards. I don't so much remember playing Hotel Mario, but I remember watching the animations as my cousin beat the game several times. All humor aside, I can remember really enjoying my experience with the game. I was probably around four when I was first playing the game, and for someone who had no prior Mario experience, the game didn't feel odd at all. I haven't played the game in a very long time, and I don't know who in the world has has the Philips CDI. Um, however, I do, st- uh, I do still have a sense of innocence-born nostalgia for that terrible game. Love the podcast. I'm a new listener, having found your show as I desperately sought more Nintendo news content after the Mario Direct this past September, and I haven't missed an episode since. Keep it up. Nathan, thank you so much for finding us uh, and for sharing that memory. Um, 
the first console experience was with a Philips CDI. Mark. Well, well yeah. I, well, I think one of the great things about being a kid is you don't have a concept of like a good game or a bad game. Totally. Games are yeah. just games. And then like, I remember playing Superman 64 and I know that I wasn't, I knew that I wasn't good at it or that I wasn't making progress, but I wasn't really like, oh, this is a like objectively bad game that would get a bad review score. You're just like, huh, I guess I'm just going to keep, keep banging my head against this wall because this is the game that I have to play. So I'm going to, you know, like get, get every ounce of uh, playtime I can out of it. Absolutely. I mean, er- earlier in this uh, episode, someone mentioned the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game for the NES. And that game is hard as nails and not good. Um, but I, I can't tell you how many hours I sunk into playing that game. It was one of the first uh, NES games that I bought on the Wii Virtual Console because I was like, yes, <laughs> get me that uh, awkward platformer. I need it. Also, Nathan, thank you for uh, your defense-ish uh, of Mar- Hotel yeah. Mario. And if it makes you feel better, please, uh, we will, we, in our minds, we are including it in that group of uh, Mario educational titles that we quickly yeah. discarded. <laughs> But it do, is in there. Do you there. think that'll make him feel better or, <laughs> or worse? Uh, next Mario memory comes from Pete. Around he, he says, around the time Super Mario Brothers 3 came out, my dad called from work one day saying he had a surprise for me. As my mom drove me to his office, I increasingly convinced myself that the surprise was, in fact, Mario 3. It turned out to be a digital alarm clock. Boo. <laughs> Jeff ended up getting it for Christmas. So we didn't have to wait too much longer. LOL. Uh, Jeff is his older brother. Uh, this is this is my buddy Pete. Uh, Pete, thank you for uh, sharing that with us. I don't remember that. Uh, I, it's most of Pete's stories. I feel like I know or was like there for. Um, but man, that the disappointment of thinking that you're gonna get like a new <laughs> <laughs> a new well, Nintendo es- thing, especially because Super Mario Brothers three like consumed. Like yeah. my mind, like uh, like all I could think about was Super Mario Brothers three. All I wanted was to have Super Mario Brothers three or to be playing Super Mario Brothers three. Also, I feel like a digital alarm clock was a very popular gift around this time because I absolutely because <laughs> I absolutely also got a digital alarm clock, um, like a uh, clock radio around this time. Um, have I shared my how I got Super Mario Brothers three story? On the, I think I probably did in in our Christmas story episode, but I'll, I'll share it again. Not Christmas Story, Christmas Carol episode. Um, but uh, obviously that episode is, uh, that's a snippet of episode from 25 years ago. Um, but uh, I, was, I was about the age where my father was frustrated that I hadn't learned to ride a bike without training wheels. Um, and so he made a deal with me. He said, Patrick, if you learn how to ride your bike without training wheels, I will buy you a copy of Super Mario Brothers 3. And it worked. <laughs> <laughs> that's good motivation. Oh man, what a weird little kid I was. Why did I want to learn to ride a bike? <laughs> I did want to play Super Mario Brothers. Um our next memory comes from Connor. Uh Connor writes, "I grew up in Northern California, but almost all my mom's family lived in Illinois, and my dad didn't have any family besides his mom. So it was always special to get to spend time with our Illinois family. Sometimes this meant traveling for either Christmas or over the summer, and sometimes they would uh, get to visit us." I always had extra special connection with my Illinois grandparents, so when they visited us for a particular Christmas, I couldn't have been happier. When they were around, uh, uh, when they were around, that was when I was spending time uh, with family felt the best. 
It was during this visit that I was practically consumed with Super Mario 64, and my grandparents were polite enough to ask me questions about the game and sit with me while I played it. They also had an NES in their house in Illinois, so while they weren't video game junkies, Super Mario wasn't entirely foreign to them. There was one day over the holiday break where my grandma was sitting with me and I entered the Bowser level, a whole eight stars deep into the game. Uh, and finally making it to the warp pipe at the end at the end of it, Mario was plopped into a scary area, uh, a, a scary arena looking place. I remember the camera panning from uh, from him to the source of heavy footsteps. Bowser. It was breathtaking. I beat him in, New- in Super Mario Brothers 1. How did he come back? Somehow, uh, after uh, what I'm sure were many tries, I beat him. I couldn't have been more excited. I was cheering, exclaiming, I beat the game. <laughs> My grandma, who couldn't have known less about video games at that point, turned to me and said, I'm pretty sure this isn't the end of the game. And she was right. She humbled eight-year-old me. Looking back at this moment always made me laugh. It's hilarious. She eviscerated me. When I was thinking about this moment the other day, I realized something that, had, that I had never considered. This same grandma died in November of 2017. I didn't expect at the time... Uh, but the same day that uh, Super Mario Odyssey came out, we also had our last phone conversation. I remember telling them that I was uh, driving for my crappy job, but I was looking forward to playing the new Mario game that night. I would call my grandparents every few weeks to chat because they were a really fun couple of old fogies uh, to talk to and always had a genuine interest in my life. Anyway, she passed away unexpectedly a a little over a week later, and I flew flew back for the funeral. I was the only person in our family to speak at the funeral, and considered that, uh, and considering that my family in Illinois were pretty close to her, uh, I uh, never knew how to take that. I sort of felt uh, alone, uh, left alone by them as the only person to speak. On the flight home, I spent a lot of time with my Switch, and I was pretty far into my playthrough of uh, Odyssey's main story. Eventually, on the flight, I defeated Bowser and was absolutely floored. The coolest part was being rewarded with the Mushroom Kingdom level, as well as the amazing Super Mario 64 costume. That part of the game hit me with some crazy nostalgia, and I adored it. Looking back the other day, I got really choked up thinking about this. Even though it was a wild coincidence that I finished the main story in Super Mario Odyssey on the plane back from that same grandma's funeral who was there when I beat Bowser 64 for the first time, it seems somewhat interesting now. Once again, this was not the end of the game. In fact, there were so many dang moons, I'll probably never collect it all and complete it. Another funny parallel. Anyway, thanks for letting me share this long story. I can't wait to hear the Mario memories from other listeners. Thanks, boys, and happy Super Mario 35th anniversary to you both. Thank you for sharing that, Connor. Yeah, thank you. I like that memory a lot. Um, It's, uh, again... I'm just jealous of anyone whose <laughs> grandparents uh, tolerated their video game playing at all. Uh, that's, that's, that's super cool. Next up is from Josh. Josh writes, One of my favorite Mario memories is getting a Mario Galaxy on Christmas, is getting Mario Galaxy on Christmas morning in high school, along with his Bruce Springsteen greatest hit CD. Oh, yeah. The fir- that, was me, that was me editorializing. Um, yeah, the yeah, first few days, <laughs> the first few days especially, I'd be playing Galaxy with that CD playing in the background. To this day, whenever I hear some of the bosses' earlier stuff, like Spirit in the Night, Blinded by the Light, Rosalita, other songs from his first couple albums, I think of those early mornings and late nights I spent playing through Mario Galaxy. I think in particular those earlier songs because they were the first songs on the album, and I heard, hadn't heard them as much, uh, if at all, before. Do you guys have any musical associations with video games like that? Also, did anybody else think of the final Bowser fight in Mario 64 as Rainbow Bowser? 
Me and my friends always called him that, as he's slightly off-colored there. I think it's just supposed to be stained glass window-esque lighting or something, but obviously they didn't really have the dynamic lighting, so he was just weirdly colored. In my head as a kid, I always thought of it as a Super Saiyan-esque final transformation where his skin turns rainbow. Thanks, guys. Uh, I never... Uh, we, we've got two questions we have to address here. Um, but the first is uh, Rainbow Bowser. Did you ever think of him as Rainbow Bowser? No, no, I never noticed that. I know I've noticed it before, but I always thought he just, like, had... I, I think I kind of conceptualized it as, like, a wrestling thing that he's, like, got makeup on for the final fight. <laughs> sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I just never, never thought of it as Rainbow Bowser. Rainbow Bowser should be canon. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yes. Um, and then the other question is, do you have any musical associations with video games like that? Yeah, my strongest uh, music association is playing Donkey Kong Country with my little sister, blaring the Lame as a Rob sound, uh, like Broadway musical <laughs> soundtrack. Although it was yes. the lo- original London cast recording, and it being like mm. rainy outside, like I feel like that happened on more than one occasion. Um, for me, it is a this is a uh, Sega Dreamcast memory, so forgive me. Um, but uh, it's playing Sonic Adventure. And uh, exclusively listening to Blink 182's Enema of the State. <laughs> Which is so perfect. Oh my gosh, that's so perfect. That is the right attitude. Yeah, yeah, it, w- it was great. Uh, and man, I think I would have a hard time playing that game now without putting on a Blink. <laughs> Am I up now? I think you are. Um, okay. Uh, Anthony writes and says, uh, in the times before when we could still visit friends, I went to my buddy's house to play some games. He and his son had been working on Luigi's Mansion 3. They were on the last boss. They showed me how to fight, uh, how the fight goes, and we all took turns passing the controller around trying to beat the game. We got to King Boo, and I knew what to do, but not how to tell which was the real King Boo. Suddenly, my friend's son yelled excitedly, The teeth! The real one has more teeth! And he was right, and I beat the game. (laughs) It was the most fun I've had with video games in a very long time, and it reminded me of being a kid uh, with my friends playing NES and passing the controller around. Man, games are just better with friends. They are. They're better with friends and, like, better with kids and with family. And, like, uh, I mean, all of this uh, feels uh, exceptionally, like, that's the thing that uh, I'm longing for right now is like, you know, like I can play games with Sarah and that is great. And I uh, you know, treasure all of that. But like the social component of like getting someone to uh, come over and sit on the couch and play games with you. There's, there's nothing like it. Yeah. A hundred percent. Also, congratulations on beating Luigi's Mansion 3. Um, I, I didn't get anywhere near that. I keep meaning to go back. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations, Anthony. Um, next up, we have a memory from Mark. Uh, no relation. Mark says, thanks again for the show. I listen here in Brisbane, Australia, and it's the highlight of my week. You were asking for Mario memories, and as I am in the older end of your audience, I'm 52, I thought I'd write with a memory that not too many of your missed listeners may have. I remember being at school in the early 80s, and a few of the wealthy kids had Game & Watch consoles, the most coveted of which was the orange flip-screen Donkey Kong machine featuring Donkey Kong, Mario, and a beautiful girl, as written in the instructions. I Amazing. Hang- <laughs> <laughs> Not even Pauline, just a beautiful girl. I'd hang over the shoulder of my school pal, hoping to get a single go of the machine, constantly amazed at how responsive the buttons and movement of Mario was, and how the batteries seemed to last forever. 
Also, I love the idea of snapping it shut and sliding it into your pocket for the bus ride home. Sure, it was repetitive and the beep-beep sounds would drive parents crazy, but it was highly addictive. Alas, my parents never bought me one, even though I pestered like crazy. Fast forward many years and imagine my joy when Nintendo released the DS Game & Watch Collection cartridges for Club Nintendo in 2008. And the first one contained a perfect copy of Donkey Kong. If only they released the entire collection. I have both Game & Watch collections and the nine Game & Watch DSiWare downloads. I still wow. play it every few months on my 3DS as it is like eating a big bowl of comfort food. It also started a lifelong love of Mario that remains to this day with my Switch. Uh, that is uh, some OG stuff right there. I, I love uh, you know the, the, the Game & Watches. I, I don't know. I, I feel like I didn't know anyone who had um, Game & Watches uh, when, when we were growing up. I wonder if there's like a, a regional thing there. I, I yeah I didn't know anybody who had game and watches but I had like the knockoff like um yeah, you know, like a tiger, tiger electronics, electronics. Yeah. yes <laughs> exactly exactly yeah where like even but the, they're yeah. so bad <laughs> <laughs> yes I had I have the super Nin- I had the uh, ninja turtle one Mm-mm-mm-mm. I think we had a double dragon one mm. um where like you can punch forward or punch back. <laughs> As one does, straight backward punching. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, but that 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 that's dope. I love hearing, um, you know, uh, slightly off the uh, sort of like normal narrative of like we got an NES when I was little, um, or uh, Super NES or Nintendo sixty four or whatever. That's a cool Mario memory. Thank you, Mark, for sharing. Um, our next and final memory comes from uh, Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy writes, I ho- uh, hope you both are doing well. I'm writing to provide my Mario memory in honor uh, of his coming birthday. One thing I remember is my grandmother playing the game. When I got a Super Nintendo, my parents took my NES to my grandmother's house, so I would have something to do uh, uh, since I was there so much. Perhaps they were worried about how much murder she wrote I was watching <laughs> at a young age. Jimmy, I'm right there with you. <laughs> however my grandmother started playing mario on her own and she was uh, she was quite good at it and she learned all these awesome secrets that i had never discovered for example she told me how you can hop on a certain shell in the first mario game and get 99 lives i was in awe turtle tipping a thing i still can't do in that game can you do can you turtle tip mark uh i know that i used to be able to i don't know if i could anymore um i i can turtle tip in uh new no Super Mario 3D World and get us like, you know, crown, 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 999 lives, but <laughs> uh, not, not in the original. Uh, Jimmy goes on. She eventually started playing Super Mario Brothers 3, and she had this notebook where she made charts uh, for the card matching games like she was Nintendo Power or something. So all you had to do was pick one card and then cross-reference her notebook, and you could breeze through the match game portion because she mapped everything out. Mapped everything out. I felt like I had the coolest grandmother in the entire world. Uh, for years after, when the family would gather at her home for holidays, the notebook remained. Its pages became worn and yellow from cigarette smoke, but it was always there just in case. That's my memory. Just an older woman with a can of Coke in one hand and a Misty Menthol Light 100 hanging out of her mouth, being an absolute pro at Mario. Thank you for the podcast and becoming a joyful part of my week. Uh, Jimmy, thank you for sharing. That's a great visual. <laughs> <laughs> um mark that's it we've reached the end of our mario memories yeah how you feeling i feel great i'd like thank you guys thank you everyone who wrote in thank you so much for sharing your memories i don't know i'm just like in a weird way like kind of like emotional about it like we're at the end of mario Me too. Month. i'm a little bit touched it's just like 
I feel like so many of these memories are all about just like connections with other people. And I think that's such an important thing in our lives. Yeah. Uh, and an, an important, uh, what, what you are listening to as you listen to this show is uh, Mark and I connecting over uh, Mario and, you know, Nintendo. And is, I mean, that's one of the first thing, you know, we met in a comedy class. Uh, but I think we probably became friends because we were talking about uh, video games and stuff. So, like, you know, uh, we like doing the show because we like doing the show. But I think we mostly like it because we get to hang out with each other. Um, and, uh, yeah, so this, it, it's, it's a very meaningful thing that you all would share um, your Mario stuff with us uh, and we share with each other. And, I, I mean, yeah, I agree. <laughs> it makes me very emotional. It's very sweet. So thank you all very much for doing it. Um, all right, Mark. Let's close out Mario Month. That is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. If you like the episode, you can share it on Facebook or Twitter or wherever you share sweet things like this episode of this show. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. Uh, I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MK Mitchell. And the show is at Nincart Society. We also have a Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Apit Betty. You can get more of his music by going to apitbetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Eller saying thank you, sincerely, for listening. Hi, I'm Michelle Veray. And I'm Kimberly Trung, and we are the host of Crush Fictionally, a podcast all about your favorite fictional characters from movies, TV shows, and more. Each episode, we pick a theme, curate a list of characters that we love, why we love them, and some fun facts about the people who created them. So if you've ever felt a true connection with a fictional character, tune in to Crush Fictionally on Campfire Media or wherever you find your podcast. Campfire.